29, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. I want to echo uh, what James said in, about the Gideon International. Listen, I've been around for a long time. And when you can find a ministry that has the history and the credibility and the effectiveness and the stewardship that Gideon International does, that's something that you want to support. And so I just am grateful for that. That's a perfect example of ministries in our church, but not of our church. Christ Chapel's not the end all. This is where, this is the huddle. This is where we come to call the play. But then we go out into the world. Some serve under this roof. Some th serve through Gideon and Rescue Mission and uh, Habitat for Humanity and Unwed Mothers. But I just thank the Lord for Gideon International. And I encourage you on your way out, just at least take the brochure with you. Read over it. That might be something you want to do one time or something you pray for or, or give towards. And uh, I just endorse them fully. And James, I just thank you for bringing that uh, to us this morning. First Chronicles chapter 29, are you there? Beginning with verse 10. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. For thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and you reignest over all. And in your hand is power and might, and in your hand is the capacity to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. It says David, bless the Lord. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. And give unto him the glory due his name. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Vocal, heartfelt, expressions of mind, body, soul, spirit. Articulated to God and about God. Could I with integrity say of you that you have spent your life blessing the Lord. Blessing him privately and publicly. Blessing the Lord. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. You'll hear husbands say, I just don't get the credit that I deserve around here. I'm up at 5 a.m. You know, you know the story. If you've been married longer than two weeks, you've heard it. You know, uh, I'm up and I do this and I come home and the wife says, I, I'm everything in this house. I'm the mama. I wash the clothes. I cook. I don't get enough credit. And rightfully so. Both have an argument. But before you're seated this morning, I want to start this message with this. If that is true in the earthly realm, could it be that God hasn't received even a portion of the credit due his name. Oh, I hit something then, didn't I? I want us to leave this morning convicted and changed and said, as for me, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
This isn't about, this isn't about making a one-hour service in a local sanctuary loud. It's about making my heart consistent. David blessed the Lord. Father, I just humble myself before you this morning. And I am a grateful soul today. People like me get to not only have their names written in the Lamb's book of life, but someone like me gets to preach the unsearchable riches of your grace. That's a scandal, O oh Lord. And I want to echo what Jason said. God, you've been faithful to this boy. Good and kind and consistent. And I pray, O oh Lord, that I would be more conscious of you and more determined not to disappoint you or to lack in praise. I don't care if it makes everybody uncomfortable. I will bless your name. I will speak of your goodness and kindness. I'll be repetitive in it. Determined. Let there be an I will in our soul. I will bless the Lord. Anoint this word today, Lord, that we might bring you glory. And in a world that's silent, may we lift our voice and bless the name of our God. And God's people together said, amen. You may be seated this morning. Usually when we hear a sermon about praise, it's the pastor trying to convince the congregation to worship a certain way. Usually it's based on um, promises of change and power, and we'll, we'll get to all that in the message. But praise has way more to do with revelation and maturity than it does anything else. Once a boy grows up and sees what his daddy does for him and has done for him, he gives him the glory that's due his name. When, when a child grows up and sees what mama did, then they change their, their tone. They change their respect level. Anybody else in here and thought mama and daddy didn't know much till you got on your own and you said, my God, I need to go back and repent again because I see now. That's the problem of the average Christian. They don't see. They don't see that every blessing in their life Every blessing was undeserved. They don't see the amazingness that grace would reach someone like you and I. They don't see that they have the opportunity to offer God something that he would accept. God becomes a uh, mental ascension, an ascension to a thought about an abstract reality instead of someone that's watching to see if I will turn back after he heals me of my leprosy and give him glory. He's watching to see if I will respond to another day, another life, another opportunity, another year, another blessing, another grace. Silent Christianity, not just in the public arena, in refusing to contend for the faith, but silent in their prayer closet, silent in their car, Silent in their worship. Well, the Lord knows I'm grateful. Well, why, why didn't that work with you and your kids? If, you know, your kids don't have to say nothing, well, they think, you know, mama knows I'm grateful. No, because I don't want you to grow up spoiled, child. When somebody does something for you, you tell them, 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There was another breath. Thank you, Lord. There was another grace. Thank you, Lord. I wasn't consumed because of my sinfulness. Thank you, Lord. Your provision. Thank you, Lord. I look over my shoulder. Surely, goodness and mercy has followed me all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't let the coldness of those around you stifle your praise. I can't help if they're ruined and spoiled. I remember, and the older you get, you remember more. You forget more, but you remember more. You're always reflecting, but you can mix all the stories up. But this one isn't mixed up because it's lingered. And I'm not, this isn't me talking. I know who I'm talking to. You, you know, people come on Daylight Saving Sunday. I know who I'm talking to here. I got the, the core, the nucleus of the redeemed here, you know. Whew. Don't worry, it just only gets worse as you get older, so. I remember the first year I got saved and I came to church. And this, listen, it was an expressive church. It was, there was shouts and thank yous. But I remember thinking the thought, what's wrong with these people? Seriously, Sunday in and Sunday out. Don't they know that their sins have been washed away? Don't they know that God's grace didn't have to find them? God stepped over some of your brothers and sisters and rescued you. Don't they know? And I, I always felt like, you know, I was, I just went ahead and just sat on the first row, second row. So I didn't have to, I'm just being honest, be grieved at the inactivity and the scratching and the writing notes and now playing on the phone and yawning through. I just, I just it, it bothered me. I'm sorry, it just bothered me. The inactivity we've gathered for the purpose of expressing praise and we stand like, sit like statues and we just yawn through. And I just, I want to offer the question, don't you know what the Lord's done for you? Sometimes we, you know, well, Brother Wood, I'm just, I grew up in, church and I just saw so much wildfire. Honey, don't worry about no wildfire. No fire is the problem. There's enough wet wood and water to put out all the wildfire. Don't worry about wildfire. Anyway, let me get to my sermon. That was just me talking to you. I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to have to make an adjustment when I get to heaven. Some of y'all going to be culture shocked. Culture shocked. You're going to go from this, you know, electric vehicle to glory. Heaven ain't, going, heaven ain't going to wait for you to catch up. Resplendent glory of the king. I, I want to be ready. I've been waiting for this moment all my life and jump right in. I want to speak to you this morning for just a few quick moments on the praise of God and our praise to God. Number one, the praise of God and our praise to God. I, I hope to just exhort you today. Many times I'm a teaching pastor, but today I just want to exhort and encourage and challenge you. Uh, this is all a matter of will. Praise is not a fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't do it. People cannot do it for you, and God will not do it for you. It's just a matter of the will. The praise of God is rare. 
in the world. It's uncommon. It's withheld by the ignorant and stolen by the proud. And by ignorant, I'm not taking a shot at someone. It means they don't know. How many nurses do we have here? Nurse or medical field. Just slip your hand up. Just a moment. Okay. If I walked in on the fifth floor and there's somebody in the room or third floor and the machine's going beep, beep, I consider myself to be smart, kind of a uh, jungle smart, you know, world smart, figure out stuff. I wasn't real academic smart, but I, I consider myself, don't laugh at me. I'm be, I Live honest, it'll set you free. <laughs> school wasn't my thing. But I've read enough to have had a doctorate in school. So how about that? Put that. So anyway, it just beep, beep. And in that moment, I'm aware of my ignorance as it pertains to that machine. Somebody else walks in who I might be smarter than they ever hoped to be. I might be, might not be. They walk in, doot. They walk back out. You feel a little sheepish. I didn't know which button to push. I must be ignorant of what that machine is, what it does, and how to react to it. Ignorance is prevalent in the body of Christ. We say that the Lord is here. Then how can you not act like the Lord is here? Where two or three are gathered, he said, I'm right in the midst of you. Well, if you're in the midst of me, I need to lift my voice. I need to express myself. Worship is not you standing when we say stand. Worship is the awareness. The beep is going off in your heart. You sense the Lord. You know the Lord. And you articulate to Him. You're either speaking to Him or about Him. Nothing is more lifeless than someone singing the words off a screen or in a book that they don't believe or want to sing. You know what the difficulty of worship, praise and worship is in the local church today? You're trying to get somebody to sing something that they don't believe or enjoy. I remember walking, going to someone's house years ago, and I'm just going to tell you the story. Please don't read nothing else into it, but we were, I, I tried to instigate, I, I often fish or stir. I know you can't believe that, but I try to get people thinking about stuff, and we we're talking about worship and praise and they said, I, I just don't like all, that's just, it's just too much. It's just, I said, what do you mean too much? He said, I just, I, 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 just, I just do my faith quietly and silently. And in the background, Leonard Skinner's playing on a little speaker and, you know, give me three steps and, you know, Sweet Home Alabama and a couple other things. And he's just singing. He's just singing under his breath. And he said, I just, I just don't like that singing. I don't like and I'm watching him sing. And it gets to the part he likes, and he kicks it up a notch. And he's kind of singing under his breath. And I said, so what part of it you don't like? I just don't like the whole thing. And then he just goes back to singing the rest of his song. And I said to myself, no, it's not that you don't like to sing. You just don't like to sing to him. You got more connection with that drunk on the stage singing this song in your garage through a CD player than you do the redeeming Christ. You can get mad at me if you want to. 
I just, I just, I'm, I'm more reserved. And the man stands in a football game and loses his mind. His mind. Oh, I'm going to hit it while I'm here. The, the rapture could come tomorrow. I'm all in now. The last year, last six months, I'm all in. We're losing them slower today than we've ever lost them before. You know, I'm, I'm all in. I remember, uh, again, the first year that I was saved, I visited. I, I would just comb the newspapers looking for revival services. i just go to churches. I learned a lot in that first year just going to churches. You had some wing dingers out here in left field and some that the doctrine was way off, but I just would go to churches. I'd just go just wherever. I just wanted to be in God's house. I wanted to know him. I wanted to know this one that gave me this great grace. And I remember all of a sudden the music started and they were singing and I'm singing and I'm like, yes, alive. It was alive. And they started a victory march. I had only been walking with the Lord about four months. I have not yet heard of this here victory march. And what it was is it's just, it was either those that were in victory or hoping for the victory of the Lord, and they just began to dance around the sanctuary. And here's this young boy. God has rescued my life, and in that moment, I made a decision years ago. I don't know that I've ever told this story. In 1986, every part of the old John didn't want nothing to do with no victory march. But the new one said to himself, how can I not join in the celebration of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? And embarrassed, embarrassed, I jumped in between a lady whose wig was coming half off down the side and a, another man missing a bunch of teeth. And I grabbed their arms and I danced around that room and something in me changed. I didn't have to like it. I didn't have to feel comfortable. It was an opportunity given that said, do you know him? And I said, yes. Are you grateful? Yes. Has he wrought the victory yet? And I danced me some victory march all over that place. I just did. And that's why, you know, you'll see at times, the older I get, the knees won't allow me. You know, you gain a little weight and your knees go south. It's not wise to jump around. And, you know, I just, I just, I want, I want you to say of me, so that God can hear it when I'm gone. John blessed the Lord. John wasn't embarrassed to, to, to raise his voice and to express himself. I don't want it on my record that sports or secular songs or television invoked more reaction from my soul than the presence of the Lord. Something's wrong. Something's wrong when that's the case. The praise of God is often offered in unacceptable or incomplete forms. They'll stand up on the stage at, during Super Bowl halftime shows and, and godless television shows singing satanic-inspired songs, songs about adultery and fornication and songs that are horrible. And the Christians will sing along and this guy will get up on stage and go, yeah, I just want to thank the Lord for everything. Like, quit! You're not thanking the, oh, not the Lord. See, not all praise the Lord and thank you, Lord, is acceptable. It has to come from, from a, a, a redeemed soul or from a place of even if they're separate from him. 
giving him credit not based on themselves, not in, a, not in an award for themselves. There has to be a humility of heart there. The praise of God is not contingent, listen, upon environment, support, or, ambient, or ambience. Only an offerer. I don't have to get the lights right. I, I, th this morning was hard. Anybody else with kids? And this, I told them, go to bed early, please. Just for your daddy's sake, go to bed early, go to bed early. So we got up, and there was, you know, everybody's tired. Everybody's tired, and, you know, just it was one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And we, we left late, and then we got here, and nobody had eaten, so we had to go to McDonald's. And the line was wrapped around to the chicken salad place, you know. And the lady in front of me is like, let me see. Uh, get the biscuit. Get the biscuit. The same biscuits that was on there when you was 11. <laughs> do you know why I do stuff like this? So you'll free up and not take yourself so seriously. This is the world we live in. So I get to the church. You know, the kids have a biscuit. You know, I, I, I'm inside, getting ready. And I, I come in and I turn my computer. No, my computer's off. What happened? Oh, during the snow cyclone bomb that went off, it's off. So now I turn it on and it's got errors and it's... Something, so I rebooted again. All my sermon stuff's on there. I'm getting somewhere with this. So, you know, I go in and try to turn it on. If you'd like to skip speed disc, please. <laughs> yes, I'd like to skip. So it starts over again. Then it does updates. Have you, e <laughs> Have you ever been in life and you just think candid camera's going on? And you go, well, what meaneth this, Lord? What meaneth this? And so I'm waiting. I'm 40 minutes behind. Church is starting in 20 minutes. Haven't printed the sermon. Haven't printed the things off for Brian. Haven't got the... James Barnes knocks on, on the door. My buddy. And I was like, yeah, there's no hiding. It. I said, yes. Pastor, you okay? Mm, why, why are you saying? Wait, wait. <laughs> he comes in and he tells me. I said, man, I, and I am. I said, I'm so glad y'all are here today. And on his way out, let me tell you what my brother did. Pastor, can I pray for you? I said, yes. You, you can, genuine life can move your radio dial off the signal enough to where you can't even hear. And when he said, can I pray for you? I'm not saying this to brag on him. I'm just telling you this is what happened. My heart stopped with what was going on. And I said, yes. What I was saying was, Let's invite God in this moment. James, pray for me. And he prayed the simplest, kindest prayer. When he left, all of it was broken. All of it was gone. Our problem is that our radio knob is, has, has been bumped. And we're not hearing heaven. We're, we're in between stations. And if we just, if you just go back to who are you, Lord, and what have you done for me? That's enough to prime the pump again so that you would articulate your gratitude all during the day. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's not contingent upon environment. I was in the car this morning and I was trying to kickstart our family. They're all, they look like they're in a coma, like they've been, 
you know, at a lock-in or something in the back. And I, I do things like this. I said, I praise you, Lord, today because, you know, fleshly means I'm going to kickstart the family. You've never heard that. Have I? I praise you today, Lord, because you've washed my sins away. And then usually one of the kids or Kelly will chime in. Olivia goes, uh, I praise you today, Lord, because you did wash them away like Daddy said. <laughs> then we get to Elisha. He goes, uh, uh, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> and then Izzy said something, and, and Mama's come in. It was a little better than Elisha's, but it was, it, was, it was a rough morning for all of us. It was just rough. Since we all have those kind of days, we all get all that on the table, then it, what's the difference between the person that articulates praise consistently and us? It's that they choose to. Oh, if I look at that one over there on Sunday, just standing up and jumping around and dancing. And if they had, if they had to go through, darling, they've been through what you've been through probably times a hundred. But they have chosen to be people that lift their voice and their hands and they speak to and about God in praiseworthy terms. Thank you. Praise the Lord. The praise of God reaches his ears. It touches his heart and it glorifies his name. And it's often responded to by God. That's another sermon, but he'll often respond to the praises of his people with power, blessing, presence, and glory. He's been known to open prison cells and break foundations of things that bind us. But that's not what we praise him for. We're not praising him for his response. We're praising him because it's right. It's right. And if the promise, if a blessing comes, that's, that's up to him. But I'm not praising you for what you might do. There's enough in my rearview mirror to keep me praising you the rest of my life. That's good. The praise of God is an, ev is an evidence of revelation, gratitude, humility, and faith. It draws his abiding presence to us and should be reserved for him and him alone. Number two. Our praise to God can be expressed with words, actions, sacrifice, service, offerings, and affections. But it is not a, a mindset. To think one way about God is totally different than talking to God or about God concerning that way that you think. Unoffered praise is only an opinion. Unoffered praise is only opinion. As a matter of fact, that speaks to a spiritual malady as well. How could you know something about him and be quiet? Well, I just reserve that for my heart. It's not praise. It's not praise. Praise means I see you, I hear you, I know you, and I will respond to you. Our praise to God is deserved, it's commanded, it's expected, and it's comely for the upright. Our praise to God is recognized by God, it is received by God, and it is recorded by God. 
I've preached over the years often on the ten lepers, and there's, there's a part there that's not usually emphasized, but it's of great importance to us in our individual lives as believers and Christians. There were the ten lepers that Jesus uh, spoke to, and he said, go show yourself to the priest. Now, a leper uh, could travel with other lepers, but he couldn't come within a certain distance of those that uh, did not have the disease much less show themselves to the priest, they would be killed. You come into town, you can't infect other people willingly and knowingly. And when Jesus said, when they cried out for him to touch them, excuse me, to touch them and heal them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And they left to, to, to obey the Lord. And on their way to the priest, making themselves vulnerable to death, they were healed. And one, the Bible said, one one, watch now, 10 healings, 10 similar expressions of God. So let's say this section here, 10 of you got that, 10 of you got that, 10 of you got that. And one, inconvenienced themselves. They could have ran home to show their wife or their husband or their mother or, or the priest. One turned back. And ran to Jesus and began to worship him. And you know what Jesus said? Not, hey, well, thank you for coming back. Although he received his praise, he said, where are the nine? Well, well, where are your friends? I don't know, Lord. But I came back to give you glory. He noticed do you know he looks in on our Sunday morning services and says, where's your affection? Where's your expression? Well, I'm just, I, I don't, no, no. Do you know what I did for you? Where are the nine? I have determined for me. I'm as flawed as anyone in here. I'm as flawed, chiefest of sinners. But I'm not going to be in that nine. I'm going to vocalize and express with uplifted hand, shouts of praise, clapping, the things that you see throughout the Bible that show us what the praise looks like. The, the, the lifting of hands. People say, well, I don't do that. Well, it's because we're either uninformed or, or rebellious. No, I just, I don't want to do that. The biblical pattern of lifting of hands is taught all through Scripture. And David started that. He was the foreshadowing of the spiritual believer, the converted believer, the born-again believer of the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they would do heave offerings, and they would lift up grain to the Lord and turtle doves and sacrifices. And then David got the revelation, I will offer you me, my empty hand. I offer you me, O Lord. The same thing a child does when it sees the mom and dad, it lifts its hands up. Says, I offer you me, my affection, my love. It's not about stand beloved, sit beloved, repeat after me, beloved. No, it's a natural, reflexive, beautiful, original, heartfelt, vocal expression of glory to God. Glory to you, Lord. It's not about personality. Some of the most beautiful worship in the world comes from the quietest of people. And you know that's not their personality. But who he is trumps my personality. 
And I must say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Should be intentional. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart, David said in Psalms 9. I will show forth your marvelous works. I will be glad and I will rejoice in you. And I will sing praise to thy name, O Most High. Intentional. I often say in my devotional life, uh, I'll say, Lord, praise awaits you in my room. Downstairs. Praise awaits you, Lord. I'll stop my car. I do it, I do it all during the day. This, you, you know, today's easy for me to preach. You know, when you get to talk to somebody from an area that you do kind of well, and you feel like, hey, I got one. I'm going, I got, you know, you get your report card, B, C, B, D, D, and then you get to A. I, did, I decided this years ago, this was too easy to do and so right. Kelly will hear me say it all the time, and one of my favorite things as, as a wife, she does, she echoes in front of our children. Every t- I said, Lord, thank you. She'll say, thank you, Lord. And I'm like, all right. It's a little echo. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Well, John, if I did that, I'll be thanking him. I will. I will bless the Lord. Well, I don't like it. I'm really not interested. Don't much care. If my thanking the Lord makes you uncomfortable, something might be wrong in your heart because he's worthy and he's looking for it. It should be not only intentional, but reflexive. I'm calling out the the doctors and nurses twice a day. Y'all lift your hand at me. It works in the medical field, in the office, examining. And I'm being serious. I'm not being funny. I forgot to Google it. What is the rubber mallet piece called that you hit? Somebody said a hammer. What? Is it a hammer? Rubber hammer. Well, you can get a rubber mallet at Ace. That's not the. What's the one with the triangle? The look. All right, tough crowd. Tough crowd. Sometimes I feel like the little monkey on stage with the, with the, you know, trying to get people to move and help me, work with me. What's the thing called? Reflex hammer, thank you. Okay, what spot do you hit? Hmm? Below the knee. Is there a technical term or just below the knee? BTK. You hit it at the BTK. The below the knee. Okay, so you go in the doctor's office. Lord, I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can today. Mama's cooked me lunch at least. Somebody. Okay. So you sit in your little chair. You cross the leg. Hopefully you're not in the gown. That doesn't cover. I said, Can I get two of those, please? I get two and time off. So you cross your legs and they. And if they hit it in the right spot, wait a minute, and you are working correctly. What if the doctor said, Now don't let your knee go forward. I said, Don't let your knee go forward. John, well, stop hitting my leg. And my, see, watch, I'm going somewhere. Doc, I was designed in such a way that if you hit that spot, I don't have to plan. It's reflexive. This is another one of our problems. We don't work no more. Every time he wakes you up or you see his goodness, kindness, mercy, blessing, faithfulness, loving kindness, consistency, that should hit the spot. 
And you should say, oh, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll sit down in front of Outback, and they'll bring cheese fries out. And I'm a good Pharisee. I don't play both sides of this. I don't ask him to bless it to the nourishment of my body because that, you know, he might smite you. You know, you you got 3,000 fat grams. 3,000. Don't Google the caloric. It'll say, for those of you on the lean green diet, please run to North Chattanooga with your brother on your back and come back to counteract the cheese. So you got the cheese fries, okay? And I sit there and it's, and it's time to pray and I just go, thank you. <laughs> it just hits, you know, it hit, you get ribs. You go, thank you. I'm trying to give you the simple thing. Is God not hitting the spot? For you, have you, are you not aware? Do you not feel it? Because if you don't have reflexes, there's something way more important wrong with you than your knee not moving. I pray this word gets in you and creates a conviction. You ought to be reflexive. Old and young alike. Well, you got to be 18 before your knee thing does. No. God's designed you that every time you see or feel his presence or his truth, there ought to be a reaction. We're too quiet. We're too somber. We're too stale. Because iniquity abounds, the love of many grows cold. I want my reflexes to work again. I want them to work better and more quickly. Our praise to God should be an easy, enjoyable thing. Why? After all these years, we still have to prime the pump. Why? You know why you have to prime the pump sometimes on Sundays? Because people didn't bring water for themselves. They wait for you to bring it out and it splashes on them and it gets going. I'm not, I'm not beating you up today. I'm asking us just to look at some things that are so easy to fix. I, I want to be ready to give water, not waiting on. I'm not waiting on these guys to splash water on me. I brought my own water. I'm just going to join in and throw water with everyone. It should be easy. You ought to enjoy praise. Not just, listen, not every song style is my style. I don't know the words. I'm, you know, I, it, it's not about singing the style. There'll be something on that screen and the phrase will say, his loving kindness is greater than life. I've now left the screen, went into my own tabernacle and said, isn't it so? Isn't it so? If I don't know the theme or the song or can't hit the note, that phrase got me. Isn't his name wonderful? Why don't you hear that song? Oh, yeah. And you leave the screen And you praise the Lord. It it might be with their words or with my own words. And if I don't like or know the words on the screen, I'm going to do my own words. And I bow my head and start praising the Lord. Our praise should be in the awareness of the brevity of life. If our musician would come, please. Psalms 146 says, while I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have my being. There comes a day and there cometh a day. In the same way our bodies are breaking down. It could be through tragedy. 
It could be through age. It could be through an accident to where I will not be able to lift my hands. I will not be able to raise my voice. I may be, if Jesus tarries, the old guy on the front row, that mind starts slipping and I just lean over and tell some young person, would you just praise him for me? Would you, would you jump? Would you, would you express him like my body won't let me do again? You won't have this opportunity in this season of your life ever again. Your life is passing away. It's, it appears for a little while, then it just vanishes away. And when I realized that this was the Sunday, this was the morning that he gave me to bless his name, I want to take advantage of that while I have my, my breath. Over the years, I've shared this with you before, uh, but it was a visual. You know, my mom and my daddy taught me about the Lord. <laughs> they both, uh, I told mama this week, the early memories of my dad and her were beautiful beautiful and precious my daddy got cancer when I was a little boy and mama took care of him and uh but he he withered away to almost nothing he was 6'1 and when he died he weighed like 95 pounds or something it was horrible he went blind and I remember walking you know it was the Grady hospital and there's another one in Atlanta and then we did the nursing home and then we did Bell Arbor where he died there on Napier Avenue and I remember walking into his room one day. They had asked us to step out while they changed him or cleaned him or something. And I remember before I went back in, he, he had asked the, the nurse, he goes, Sugar, darling, could you, could you just bring that, I don't know what it's called, but it hangs over your bed and it has the little triangle to pull yourself up. He said, could you just bring that over here for me? So he's, you know, he's close to dying. He's on his way home. And she brings it over and he goes, could you, could you, help me get my hand up in there and I'm outside I'm just 10 years old and I'm watching and she goes like this and he said yeah thank you and instead of holding it he didn't have the strength to hold it he went in and hooked it like that and he goes thank you very much and when she left the room with his one, one arm up he said Lord I just bless you today I just thank you and I remember as a little kid I didn't get it then oh I get it now he said while I'm breathing I will bless you I will bless you the fruit of my lips giving thanks I'm a royal priesthood a holy nation who's been called to show forth the praises of him who's called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light our praise should be personal, genuine, sincere, distinctively, uniquely yours. My wife has a preciousness about the way she worships. And I, I, you know how you know your spouse and you can see the nuances. And sometimes I'll lean over to ask her something about transition or announcements. And then there's other times I know not to, to touch her because she's in that place. And your face gets that contour. It, and I say this reverently. It's like walking into someone's bedroom. And you, and you shut the door. Uniquely hers. Do you know when you, when you lift your hands to him, he knows what the inside of your hands look like. 
can't yawn through any more services. We, we can't just stand there. We, I, I can't help who came today or who didn't come. I'm going to bless you, Lord. I, I want our place. I don't want our church to be the loudest. I don't want it to, to look a certain way. But I want, it, ev- I want everyone to uniquely, vocally, and expressively show their praise to God when we come together. This is the only place that's conducive to it. It should be public and private. And I'm going to ask you a question, and this is the anchor point of the sermon. Shouldn't it be equal to that which has been done for us? I mean, if you buy me a biscuit at McDonald's, thank you. I mean, I appreciate it. Really, thank you. I, I ain't missed many biscuits. Thank you. Thank you. Our grandma going to cook for us, and we get over there, and she makes homemade hamburgers. They're about, I'm not kidding. They're, it's heavenly. And she, or she'll do a Thanksgiving or something. That thank you is different than the guy that brought me a biscuit. Jeffrey, the last time we had him, we were over there. Grandma, these are so good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, why is the thank you different? Well, because that one, somebody I didn't know at McDonald's threw on a reheated something. But this one was hand padded, pressed out. The bacon was cooked, crispy bacon, lettuce, tomato, pickle. Ma- oh, yeah. Bun was soft. None of this old dollar store bread. This was good. Stand with me. Stand with me. I'm asking you. We're going to think it through and you're going to have to make a decision. Shouldn't the thank you be equivalent to the act done? Shouldn't the song be equivalent to the grace that's been given? Shouldn't the, 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 the response, the reflex be equivalent to the strike of the hammer? Shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't there be? I'm asking you. I'm not trying to change you. I'm asking you. Shouldn't we praise Him more often than we do? Shouldn't we praise Him more passionately than we do? More expressively than we do? More consistently than we do? More repetitively? More publicly? More easily? More quickly? More joyfully? Because Jesus Christ, God the Father through His Son, is keenly aware for what he's done for you individually. The only part of your story not written yet is how you've responded to it. I'm just one. But as for me, O oh Lord, thine is the glory and the power and the victory and the majesty and all that is in heaven and earth is yours. You reign over all, and in your presence is power and might. Therefore, this uneducated preacher thanks you and blesses your glorious name. May the praise of God fill this house. May we start giving unto the Lord the glory due his name. Jason, would you come pray over us this morning? Do you mind? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
May his praise be forever on our lips. He has been so good to me. He has been so faithful to me. I want to praise his name. Unashamedly, unreservedly. When I lived in rebellion, I didn't care what somebody thought. I didn't, I, I, when I came stumbling out the wherever at 2.30, 3 o'clock, I wasn't like, oh, I wonder what the cops will think if they see me. But for some reason, when it comes to praising the Lord, we're like, I wonder what somebody will think if they see me. It doesn't matter. It's not for them. It is for Him. Praise the Lord. His word says, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. And no rock has taken my spot. Not after what he's done for me. Not after how he's redeemed me. Not after the seasons he's walked me through. Not after the times he's preserved me when I despised his name. They would, no rock will take my place. No other person will take my place. My praise is unto him. We praise you, God. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Father, for this time to come together and exalt your name. We thank you for a pastor that faithfully preaches your word, Lord. We thank you for the redemptive work you have done and are doing and will do in each of our lives, God. And we ask that you just continue to stir in our hearts this theme throughout the week, Lord. And may we be reminded in the simple things, in the quiet moments, that praise is due your holy name. And may we render it unto you, Father. May we not be ignorant, Lord. May we praise your holy name, Father. We love you so much, Lord, and great is your name, and we praise you with all that we are. Amen. Go forth. Praise his holy name.